The following is a presentation of the Premier Dance Network. Hello and welcome back. Thanks for coming to chat. I am your host, Barry Carolis, and you are listening to Pa to Chat Talking Dance on the Premier Dance Network. In this weekly podcast, I candidly offer educational conversations and thoughtful analysis on all things dance. With my vast background as a director, choreographer, instructor, and dancer, I am happy to share my 14 plus years of experience with you, whether you're a professional dancer or just listening in for an insider's look into our fascinating art form. So put your earbuds in, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's talk dance. Hello, 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 and welcome back to episode 25 of Pod Chat Talking Dance. We are broadcasting today from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and it's already been quite a fun week. First off, I had the pleasure of chatting with the awesome Ken Schneck this week on his so fun, so cool, so popular podcast. If you want to hear what we talked about, head on over to This Show is So Gay on iTunes or visit his website, thisshowissogay.com. Ken has been running this great podcast since 2008, where he has interviewed everybody from LGBTQ activists to social media influencers, celebrities, magazine editors, artists, and beyond. We had a great time talking, so please go over to his site or on iTunes and check that out. Beyond this podcast, I've been putting some of the final touches on my husband, Danya, in my honeymoon to South America. I have already prepped one of my three quick concept podcasts, The Flashcast, for you guys to make sure you are still receiving great content while I take a few weeks off to enjoy my hubby and explore some new cultures. Remember, I'm planning to prep a Q&A flashcast for that time, so if you have any questions you want to ask me uh, about dance, training professional dance, recreational dance, or even if you have any personal questions for me that have nothing to do with dance, uh, you, feel re- you can feel free to reach out to me via my contact page on my website at www.barrycrollis.com. Again, that's www.barrykerollis.com. You can send me a private message on Facebook, or you can contact me on Twitter via the hashtag TalkingDance. That makes a lot of sense, talking dance, right? Okay, let's move on to today's episode. So, I had a wonderful conversation last week with a lady named Patch Schwarden. Uh, she is the senior career counselor at Career Transitions for Dancers, which is under the umbrella of the organization, the Actors Fund. Um, and this amazing organization is essentially a national human resources uh or not resources, National Human Services Organization that helps professionals in performing arts and entertainment in times of need, help, and transition. Uh, They actually helped me receive a scholarship so that I could uh, get some equipment to begin the creation of my choreography project that's on YouTube. It's a web series that follows the life-defining stories of professional dancers and then uh, reveals them that them through uh, or reveals their stories through uh, movement that we created together based off of their story and their interview. Uh, so if you want to check that out, you can go on YouTube and check out choreography, but I'm not trying to plug. <laughs> I'm getting a little off track, so let's get back on track. So uh, I met with Pat Schwarden uh, at the Actors Fund, and um, 
we were just co- talking about collaborations and how uh, we can help each other out and how we can let the community know more about the Actors Fund and the, the programs that they have for dancers and entertainers. So if you get a chance, you can go to the Actors Fund website and see what they do. Uh, if you read my blog, Life of a Freelance Dancer, you may have seen that I recently wrote about retirement. And if you don't read, <laughs> read it, go and check that out. So while it may seem with that recent blog post about retirement that that would be one of the main reasons that I went to go speak with Patch, uh, but the one thing that we were talking about was actually the possibility of me sharing my expert advice with dancers on a range of subjects. While Patch and I were talking, we naturally had conversations about transition and hardship as, as dancers. Um, but one topic we discussed here was how the goal of an artist who is seeking work or transition within their field shouldn't necessarily be forced to work outside of their art. Or at least we should endeavor to create plans for artists where this shouldn't have to be the fallback. While we chatted about this, I was reminded of a time that I was shamed on the internet by a formerly aspiring artist who gave up on their dreams of being a professional dancer to work uh, as a coach for young hopeful dancers. So uh, let me share with you exactly what happened. At the beginning of 2014, I posted an article on my Facebook timeline about the hotly debated emergency extension of unemployment benefits. Uh, we were at the end point of a, the Great Recession, and this emergency measure, uh, the extension of unemployment benefits, was put in place to help the unemployed survive during what was a really difficult period for our country, and this extension was going to finally end. I was lucky enough to receive unemployment benefits from the state of Pennsylvania after I was wrongfully terminated uh, from my job due to injury. My intention was to use the Facebook platform to put a face to a statistic for people who were connected to me through uh, social media, but instead of getting the chance to inform some of my friends about an issue that many people were facing, an acquaintance I had met only a few times really nastily and judgmentally brought on an unexpected wave of wrath onto my page. This is the first and only time I've really received major hate on social media. I feel actually pretty lucky about that. Um, and I don't really like to argue on social media. If somebody wants to talk, I'd rather have a, a real life conversation or a private conversation. But this person barely knew me, and they were judging my use of unemployment without even hearing how I ended up on the assistance program or how I had been desperately searching for a full-time job in my field. I had spent a great deal of time trying to find solid employment in the dance world, but instead of asking for facts, she berated me by stating that I was abusing the system and should just go ahead and get a restaurant job or work as a barista. She felt that it was my duty to take whatever menial job necessary uh, to get off of unemployment. After spending months and months executing well beyond the three required weekly work searches, uh, which was the minimum that I had to do in order to maintain my benefits, I was being reprimanded by someone who wasn't informed in the least about my situation. Little did she know that I was barely even collecting the benefits of unemployment as it was. With my freelance work and part-time teaching job at Koresh Dance Company, I received few, if any, benefits most of the time. But during those few weeks where my income fell short or I found myself in famine mode, this was really a lifeline for me. 
While it was uncomfortable having this woman awkwardly attack me on a public forum, she also got me thinking about what was considered an appropriate job for not just myself, but any and all professional dancers or artists. I wouldn't necessarily say I've ever had a normal job. When I was 14, my mom owned a dollar store and I would help her out. Uh, but I was so young and dedicated to dance that it didn't last that long before I was in the studio practicing and rehearsing at any moment that I had that I wasn't in school. In fact, I can't even remember if she paid me. I think she did, but <laughs> I, I can't remember. It was that long ago. My first full-time job was working as an apprentice with Houston Ballet at the ripe age of 19 years old. Um, I've spent 14 years cultivating my career as a dancer, a choreographer, an educator, and an advocate for the arts. When I found out that the benefit of un unemployment, which was my safety net and right, <laughs> when I found it wouldn't be extended, I panicked. I was already employed part-time and collecting a small amount of salary each time while I was working at Crush, and I had obtained about 12 weeks of dance work through the end of that spring when I had written this post. I wouldn't end up receiving unemployment during those weeks that I was dancing, and I received a reduced rate when I was off due to the part-time compensation I was receiving from Crush Dance Company. Like I said, unemployment was just a safety net for me until I could find a regular place to, to dance uh, or call home. But all of a sudden, I found myself questioning if I was a bad citizen uh, and, and whether or not I should desperately take any minimum wage job I could find, that, and that would be a job that I had no experience in and also probably wouldn't provide enough income to actually pay all of my bills. I have many freelancing friends and even some with full-time company contracts who take restaurant barista, babysitting, and other random jobs just to make ends meet. They often miss class, they're standing on their feet for hours before or after they're in the, the rehearsal studio. Not only is this exhausting, but it can heighten one's chance of injury and accelerate the process of burnout. And if you've listened to my podcast before, I know what burnout is, so <laughs> not a good thing. When I started looking into getting a normal non-dance related job, I found myself living in fear and anxiety. Will I have to give up my dance career or make dance work decisions based on the other job's needs and scheduling? Will I become depressed while doing work outside of my field, really wishing that I could be doing work in my field? Will the quality of my dancing go downhill? How could I go from making $1,000 per show to minimum wage plus tips? Beyond that, can my eccentric artist personality coexist in a non-artistic workspace? I mean, I've had times where I'm trying to have a conversation with somebody and they stare at me like I've got, I don't know, three heads, five eyes, <laughs> anything like that. Um, I just had so many questions that came up when I considered the option of taking a job that was outside of my career field. This woman that chose to publicly criticized me, stated that she had to get a restaurant job while trying to make ends meet, while striving to make a career for herself as a ballet student going through finishing school to become a professional dancer. She unfortunately never made a professional career as a dancer and moved on to other work. When I read this information, it made it a little more sense to me at because at one point in this person's time as a dance student, she had to step outside of her art to make ends meet in order to keep reaching for her goal of dancing professionally. 
While she had the heart of an artist, it wasn't her career yet. Since then, she's cultivated a, su a successful career beyond her dancing years. Without experiencing our unique, my words are just not working for me today. The word is unique. <laughs> Without experience, our unique career, uh, people often assume that a professional artist's art isn't actually a career. I mean, for many people, they can't even imagine having fun, passion, or love for their job. It's just they go to their job so they can afford the things that they need and want in life. And I get that. For a lot of people, a job is that, only a job. But for most artists, their jobs are way more than just that. When this woman argued that unemployment wasn't an end, an end to a means, ends to a means, what's that saying? I think it's ends to a means. Uh, but when she argued that it wasn't an ends to a means for me to continue practicing my art, it all began to make a little bit more sense. It also made me really sad about the way that many people, including a former hopeful dancer, looked at artists. It is so very often that people forget that art is a legitimate job. If you work in marketing, you should look for jobs in the marketing field, not McDonald's. But if you're an artist, you're expected to look for a job in the field of whatever I can get. It's greatly unfortunate that this double standard exists, but a great percentage of our society feels this way, and as I learned through this experience, even those that once aspired to be just like me and my network of professional artists' friends feel this way. So the question is, should I have just taken any menial job outside of my profession that seemed below my standards because I am a professional artist? I don't know. But even without one of those jobs, I found ways to make ends meet, even if at times tightly so. And because I held out and resisted the temptation of this localized socio-cultural bullying, I was able to obtain the full-time job in my field directing Alaska Dance Theater uh, not, too, not too late, not too far after that, that actual conversation and argument happened on, online. And this job was a, a position that appropriately represented the professional artist that I am, and it re rewarded me as such. Yes, sometimes desperate times call for desperate measures. I completely agree with that. If force comes to worse, I would do whatever it takes to survive. But professional artists need to remember that art is their job, not some fun, childlike hobby that we are too stubborn to let go of. I'd be curious to hear some of your thoughts on this topic. All I ask is, please, 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 let's be kind in our personal chats, even if we don't agree. I'm not at all about internet hating or arguing. I prefer healthy, kind, open-minded discussions, especially during this political season. <laughs> wink, wink. Um, so if you want to chat about it, feel free to reach out to me on Facebook or tweeting me uh, with that same hashtag that I mentioned earlier for our flashcast while I'm on my honeymoon. The hashtag is talking dance. I'm really pleased with this week's topic, so I hope you enjoyed it and feel inspired to be a part of the conversation. 
Remember, if there are any topics you'd like to hear me talk about, please feel free to reach out to me via my website contact page at www.barrycarollis.com. Again, that's www.barrycarollis.com. You can also reach out on there if you'd like to become a sponsor for our podcasts or to book masterclasses in ballet or contemporary technique for choreography or speaking engagements. I hope you enjoyed listening in and talking dance with me. If you enjoyed this chat, please feel free to share, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes. Every bit of extra visibility helps keep these podcasts running. And if this didn't fulfill your dance fix, check out my sister podcasts on the Premier Dance Network. New hosts from your favorite dance companies are being added monthly. If you want to connect with me to see where I'm choreographing, teaching, and what I'm doing in my everyday life, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, where my name is B. Corollis, or on Twitter at Bariscos. Also, be sure to subscribe to my blog, Life of a Freelance Dancer, where I've been writing about working as a freelance artist for over four years. I also have two YouTube channels, B. Corollis, featuring my choreography, and Choreography, featuring my choreographic web series that tells the life-defining stories of professional dancers through revealing interviews and choreography. Thanks for listening in to Pod to Chat. I hope you return next Friday to talk dance with me. And remember to go out and support your local dance scene.